1: This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. On today's show, we are joined by the host of Tennis Channel Live, friend of the program, Steve Weissman. To help recap, the 2021 Laver Cup was a fantastic event this year in Boston. Such a high-quality level of play. Ultimately, Team Europe, a 14-1 victory. But if you look, six third-set tiebreakers throughout the course of the weekend plenty of fun action for us to discuss. We also talk about whether there should or should not be rule changes incorporated into the event to help level the playing field moving forward. We talk about the role of team tennis in the broader tennis ecosystem. Do we have enough team events? Do we have too many at this point? It's a fun, I will say, disagreement between Steve and myself. We also talk a little NFL tennis comparisons. Can't help myself when I have a guy who works for the NFL network like Steve on the show a bunch of fun so many laughs shared i know you listeners are going to enjoy this episode a fun change of pace from the stat heavy content we have had of late on this show so without further ado let's get to it here is our 2021 laver cup recap with the one and only steve weissman Joining us on the podcast once again today, a returning champions here on our Crack Racket shows. You may know him as the host of Tennis Channel Live. You may also know him from the fact that Page Six called him handsome. I know him as my mishbucha, Steve Weisman. Steve, welcome back to the show, my friend. How are you doing? <sighs>
2: that's a great intro thank you a returning champion i I feel like i'm on jeopardy uh thank you for having me it has been it has been too long my friend and i am thrilled to be back with you
1: is it unkosher to say you and mike richards i think was his name don't not look alike
2: i don't i don't think we look alike uh
1: (laughs) it's the rectangular Uh, face you both look like you could host jeopardy well i guess You both look like you can't host Jeopardy.
2: Jeopardy. I don't think he can anymore. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But you know what's funny with doppelgangers? You you nobody ever is happy with their doppelganger. Like I think I called John Wertheim on air one time, Brad Pitt, and he was like, "No, I don't see it." (laughs) And I'm like, "Okay." Like thought I was doing you a solid, you know. You know, you just you it doesn't matter. Like nobody's happy with their doppelganger.
1: Uh, doppelgangers is one of my favorite things. I I was at the City Open and I saw this fan just sitting awry or just like standing waiting to get in, and I sent a message to my college roommates and I was like, Hey Jack, I didn't know you were here at the City Open. And all of them were convinced it was Jack. And I was so proud of myself. They were like, Whoa, what are you what are you doing in DC, Jack? And he's like, I'm not. He's like, I am not in DC. I am still at med school, guys. And so it was very, very fun for me. But no, I i told brett mccormick from sports business journal that he looks like a less toned ryan Rossillo, and he was not happy with me <laughs> no. he was like i look nothing like this guy he's like you do look like him the eyes the face wow
2: see it's not it never works out and by the way brett brett is a fantastic guy and so is Rossillo. i i i'm i like both of those guys but no um <laughs> not a doppelganger
1: uh, that's all right. You can be wrong about one or two things. Um, but, no, it's uh, always a fun thing to have. And I know, obviously, you dabbled in some NFL coverage as well. Just answer me this. Were you <laughs> as sure as I was that Justin Tucker's field goal was going in? Because you can ask super producer Daniel Westoff. I was like, I will bet the house that this field goal is going in. I've seen the Hail Mary land for Aaron Rodgers. I've seen Justin Tucker do this to us before. I had never been more confident in a 66-yard field goal in my life.
2: I was not. I mean, like, if anybody's going to do it, Justin Tucker, uh, hook him horns, he's the man. But um, but I had had watched previous that day, um, I forget who it was, tried like a 69-yard field goal, and it was returned 109 yards for a touchdown because it was short and so i had that in the back of my mind like wow on, like in the same sunday two kickers are trying to make the greatest longest field goal <laughs> in the NFL history um and then I, I watched it live and and so i'm like wait it hit the you know it hit the post and then i couldn't tell at first that it had gone through and then it did, and, like, I, you know, obviously the Ravens were going nuts, and so I was not sure, um, but, you know, I would, like, Justin is is the guy to get it done.
1: Oh, uh, it was, of course, the guy who I think went for the 69-yarder was Matt Prater, another former Lion, yes. so just keep yes. slapping me in the face, why don't you, Steve? This is why you're a returning <laughs> champion, um, but, no, it's, yeah, it was... I mean, again, an athletic marvel. You just you watch something like that, and you're in awe of all of it. Another thing, and this was one of my spicy takes that made my notifications not the kindest over the past couple of days. I, like, okay, maybe it's not a direct comparison, and this is probably my spiciest take. And let me be clear, I went to the University of Michigan. In terms of affection for Tom Brady, I don't think I lack it, but— The same way, if you would have asked me in 2016, that I would have said, nah, Novak Djokovic is the greatest tennis player I've ever seen with my eyes. I continue to say till my dying day, I've just, I've never been so sure. 39 seconds on the clock, Aaron Rodgers is getting three points. It was like, just lock that in. He is the Djokovic of the NFL. It's just inevitable, Steve.
2: So. See, I, I, I think I saw that. T- I think I saw that tweet, and I'm not one to go negative on Twitter. Like, I'm I just try to be positive in life, and so I, I don't even if I disagree. Like, I would text you or I would call you. <laughs> like, why am I gonna like blow you up on Twitter and be like, no, it's this, and then like you know just all these people that you don't even know, and anyway. So a lot of people get <laughs> negative, and I don't think that's right. But <laughs> but now that we're on the podcast and you've brought it up to me, I'll I'll, I'll tell you. Um, you said that he is Djokovic. I think Brady is Djokovic, um, okay. because all he's got all he wins everything. Like he's got it all, right?
1: Um, yeah. I would and say TB12 Rob- is something Novak Djokovic would be down with. Like he's on right? the Alex Guerrero. They're method. both
2: like, gluten free. They're both like <laughs> yeah, they do all all that stuff. Um, you know the Subway commercial where he's not eating the bread. I mean, like
1: you know the hair yeah, is Brady still did- suspiciously exceptional for both of them.
2: Brady's Djokovic. I would say Rogers is Federer. To me, Aaron Rodgers is Federer. He's, you know, he, he's got, like, he's like, that beautiful game. Um, you know, obviously, still goat conversation, you know, 20 grand slams, all, all that stuff. Uh, you know, playing, you know, later, I know, obviously, I mean, Brady's in his, uh, like, 43, 44. Um, you know, Rogers is actually more along the lines of, of uh, Federer. And then, for the I think you said Peyton was was, was I believe Rafa Rafa and I would say it's not horrible. I don't mind that comparison because right. yeah, they're both like super dedicated and like um, thoughtful and you know give a hundred percent every play and like um, want to get the most out of out of their team. So I don't mind that. But but I I I, I say Brady, Djokovic, Rogers, yeah. Federer.
1: Look, you're going to be wrong every so often, Steve. I think this is one of those occasions. Um, no,
2: it's, it's, also, just... it's also not a debate that Brady is the greatest of all time, where it is a debate with the big three.
1: Well, uh, I'll say this. There's two different things. Who's the uh, best quarterback? Super Bowls, there's no, 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 no. debate. <laughs> he has the greatest career ever. There's no denying that. It's the best career you're ever going to see. If you're asking me, there, are, uh, there's a minute and a half on the clock. You can pick one quarterback in history ever to take your team I'm picking Rogers because I'm just – I've seen him do things, and this is where I come to the Djokovic comparison. This is why we had you on to talk football tennis <laughs> crossover here. Um, but because – you're just—I've seen Aaron Rodgers do things where it's just like—but you're moving to your left. How did you slingshot that ball 27 yards the opposite direction? Just like the throw to Devonte Adams over the linebacker, teardrop, like right onto like the 40-yard line. It's just—he's the only one who can make. Maybe Mahomes too, but he's but the only one who I've seen Federer, make that throw. That's a
2: Federer thing. That's not a Djokovic thing. That's a isn't Federer. It, move. Isn't
1: that Djokovic sliding out of the corner and no, hitting a ball?
2: That's Federer like just like gracefully making some impossible shot look easy. That's what Rogers does. Makes an impossible throw look easy.
1: So what I'm starting to think is maybe you're just wrong about the tennis side of this equation and not – no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. A one-handed backhand in the outer third that he slaps down the line. Is that the Aaron – Which to me,
2: Djokovic is more machine-like, which is Brady.
1: Yeah, but there's a little fu to Djokovic that Roger shares as well, where it's like they've never been fully embraced. Brady's got the Federer love. Everyone loves no, Brady. No, no, no,
2: no, 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 no. Brady chip on the shoulder still to this day from being a six round draft pick and nobody wanting him, and uh, you know from Michigan and just like you know didn't come in with any fanfare. Yeah, I, I I do not agree that he's – and he is not, like, beloved by all. Like, when you're that good, a lot of people don't like you. Um, so I, I think what makes him great is having that, that edge.
1: Yeah, you'll like this one, though. Tomas Burdich, Jay Cutler. Tell me I'm wrong.
2: I I mean, Burdich? Burdich? I think I had a better career. <laughs> that's true, but they I'm both much, like a much better career. Right. And I mean, no hate on Jay Cutler, but like we're to get a much better career. Right. And,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. <laughs> all right, fine. Then let's go Sam Bradford, Yuri Vesely. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. Sam
2: Bradford made A lot more money. I'll tell you <laughs> that. He made million.
1: Yuri would love that. Yeah, exactly. No, but all right, all of that's, uh, this is why you're a returning champion. It's great to have you on the show. What I wanted to talk about with you today <laughs> Can we keep
2: going with this football that's it? This is like my, my bag. I love yeah. this. Oh,
1: <laughs> I'll keep going. I'm trying to think of like who is the Megatron, who is the physical specimen, and the answer is there is none. There is no, no tennis. Martin <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he's Martin not good Fuchovich. enough. The the Megatron. It, no, he's not good enough. It's gotta be like oh, I don't know. I'll have to think about that one. You oh, know what? He's,
2: I'm, he's not good enough, but like yeah. – oh. You could go Rafa, right? You
1: could go Rafa. I, uh. I was getting so mad. I saw someone tweet out a Stafford. See, now the wound is open. I saw someone tweet out a Stafford to, uh, to Deshaun Jackson, the deep ball he threw, and everyone was like, oh, yeah. what a beautiful connection. I was like, that's not a beautiful connection. Let me show you a beautiful connection. And Dan Miller, bless his soul, might be the reason I'm doing this, the best play-by-play radio guy in the business. Of course, I'm biased. He does Lions Radio. And go Stafford. He's got Calvin deep. Oh Megatron! And he would just be like, "There's your There's your Transformers reference, Steve. It's perfect for you." And you just you'd be sitting there and just like, "Oh yes." You're like, "Yeah, I can see it." He just threw one up fifty yards. Calvin jumped up, got it, touchdown. Like that's a deep ball connection.
2: Stafford's the man. Uh, he uh, has he has upgraded. He has upgraded the Rams, and uh, they are legit.
1: So here's the question we'll start off with then. This is a perfect segue into Laver Cup. After – and that is why we wanted to have him on the show, listeners. And I heard, by the way, for the record, as much as we wanted to do this and chat, and by the way, I hope your mother is well as always. Um, but
2: You, you too. You, yes. you, yours as well.
1: Thank you. But, uh, of course, the question I have to ask, if this was football, if this was the NBA, baseball, maybe not hockey because it's a little bit weirder there, uh, but if I had lost four consecutive seasons in a row – Four consecutive seasons in a row, particularly a 14-1 showing, and I know part of that's a byproduct of the roster talent, but a 14-1 showing. Is the question coming out of the Labor Cup in 2021, Steve, is it time for a coaching change? Does Team world need to, you know, quietly move on from the McEnroes and bring in some new talent? I mean, that was a beatdown.
2: Uh, I think it has nothing to do with the coaching. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: the captains
2: are simply—I like—I love I you know the, the interactions with with McEnroe and Sock and McEnroe and Kyrgios a few years ago. I thought those were fantastic. Uh, Borg this year, I thought was great with Casper Ruud. You know they've mm-hmm. got the Scandinavian thing going on, and normally like Borg is pretty chill, like doesn't say much to anyone. But he was – Casper was, like, all up about, you know, getting the uh, the tips from Bjorn Borg. So, I thought that was cool to see. Um, you know, as long as Borg and McEnroe want to do it, they're frigging legends. Like, let them do yeah. it as long as they want. I loved seeing Roddick there this year. I think Andy will make an amazing team world captain whenever McEnroe doesn't want to do it anymore. Um, and I think Roger Federer will make an amazing Team Europe captain whenever – that becomes a thing. Um, so, you know, we have great talent, you know, in the pipeline ready to go, but it has, no, it has nothing to do with the coaching um, for four times. So I was checking the, the stats in like the three minutes you gave me before the, before. You <laughs> the and the, so the president's cup, which I'm a big fan of, because it, mm-hmm. the, the really it's like to compare it to the NBA all-star game or an MLB, All-Star, that's not what this is. Mm-hmm. This is like the Ryder cup or the president's cup. And so, When the Presidents, I went to the first edition of the Presidents Cup at Robert Trent Jones uh, Golf Course in Virginia. It was amazing. So the United States won the first eight editions. The Mm -hmm. first eight there have been thirteen editions of the Presidents Cup. There only one time the international team has won. They're not blowing this up and changing the format, like that's just how it is. So the Ryder cup has gone back and forth. Sometimes there have been blowouts. There was an 11 one blowout uh, one year in the Ryder cup. I look back at, at those numbers. They're not changing the format. This is just a great motivation for team world uh, to come back and, and have a reason to play better. Uh These- this,
1: no sorry i didn't mean to cut you off as you say the first rule change the only rule change i would suggest because i agree with you and i have some other serious questions regarding this but just to start with the fun stuff in terms of the roster steve when you were and i know this was 1888 and the curriculum was a little bit different but when you were in kindergarten first grade second grade all the way through whatever sixth grade when you're really done with geography what <coughs> continent did they teach you russia was a part of
2: that is a great question. Um, so I think parts. Uh, well, back then it was the Soviet Union, but um... <laughs>
1: back then it was back then it was the Kingdom of Russia. It was yes, it was Prince uh, Russia, Dick Russia is what it would be, right? Exactly.
2: Um, <laughs> I'm not that old, but uh, I would say uh, parts of the Soviet Union are in Asia and parts of it are in Europe. I think so, it's, you know, can, but don't. I don't. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think Medvedev Rublev. Uh, hatchinov any of those dudes i don't think they are from siberia <laughs> you know so <laughs> no. they're actually from the european part of russia they are not from the asian part of russia
1: i get that but loophole there's enough of russia in asia that to level off the teams it's the one fix you make and it's like all right we're good for the next decade because if medvedev and rublev and hatchinov and all uh, and they're all eligible for team world then you're fine like then it's no,
2: then it's fine why? like don't, don't try to make it easier just like be better it's, it's it's just because there's one blow so two years ago it was thirteen eleven, and it was uh team europe that had to fight back so two years later you're gonna blow it up because of one one
1: time no Yeah, but i kind of like, like the it, russia rule i just like the name of it i'm always a fan of alliterations. like yeah we introduced the russia rule
2: and by the way, Federer and Nadal are playing next year. So you're going to lose two of those guys, whoever, you know, it's, uh, I don't know who it's going to be. Maybe it's Medved, whoever it is. Yeah, um, I think
1: Casper and Feliciano get the deuce deuce first. I no, think it'll be like. Feliciano
2: was an alternate, so he doesn't count.
1: Uh, that's fair, but, <laughs> but they're going to be it, like It it's,
2: didn't count. Like, you know, and then yeah. they had Lloyd Harris and, and uh, Cam Norrie. Those don't count. It's the sixth six that play. But, yeah. Um, Well, the other
1: pushback I've had since the beginning of the event, the UK literally said, hey, we would like to Brexit from Europe. And we're still just like – they're like – but except the Labor Cup. We're still going to compete with Team Europe just so everyone knows.
2: Yeah, I mean but you're not getting – I mean … It's yeah, part of the trade to, agreement. The fine like pre- the <laughs> alternate, so it didn't really affect anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, but throw Murray into the doubles just to screw with everyone for Team World. I'll take it. I'll take it. Anyways, you're not wrong to the point of get better. Like if your team – We're going to
0: be f- – f-
2: By the way, Diego led 7-5 in a match tiebreak. Felix led 7-5 in a match tiebreak. I mean, like, these matches were close. Like there was a couple, the Medvedev blowout, four and love, but other than that, like, no, to they were blowouts. Like the, there were a lot of match tie breaks, team yeah. world unlucky. They didn't win the big points. And it's always going to come down to a third day. I, I love the labor cup. I don't think it needs any changes. If you want to add women, great. I'm all, I'm all for that, but please do not have these captains making picks like the NBA all-star game. Like this is about a rivalry is What we're building Team Europe against Team World, and there's gonna be that contentiousness. I loved at the end of day one when Zverev allegedly said, We're not losing another point, and then you saw, you know, McEnroe and Isner and, and Opelka, uh, you know, saying, Well, forget that, like, you know, like <laughs> I want him or whatever, you know, like that. And but Zverev backed it up, they didn't lose another point, yeah. so like, good, good for you. you, you know, talk the talk, walk the walk, and that's gonna build, uh, for next year in London when by the way rafa already put out on instagram like hey roger you ready for that doubles again alex like one of the greatest matches i've ever called in tennis in my life was 2017 labor cup my uh, paul anacone Mm -hmm. and i called the doubles with roger Mm -hmm. and rafa that Mm -hmm. i mean that was so dope like it was amazing i can't wait to see that again um and i really hope that that, you know, Tony and Roger and all them keep the Labor Cup the way it is. It doesn't need any changing. It just needs Team World to step it up next year.
1: Yeah, if people are going to aggregate this, the summary, coaching change, absolutely necessary. Format, change it all. Um, no, I agree with, like, <laughs> for the record, I agree with you. I, I say the and row stuff. All I'm saying is if you're a GM, maybe, it's, maybe you bring in Roddick for some roster consulting. Just say, hey, let's move Jack Sock up from that alternate spot. But to your point... There were six third-set breakers, and Team Europe went five and one. Like, flip four of them, flip three of them, flip two of them. You're absolutely right. Like, Team World was in a bunch of those matches, and I do want to talk about the tennis because, you know, to your point, I think the one that, if you're looking back just from the weekend, the ones that stung the most, Felix should have beaten Berrettini. Felix had him, he takes that first
0: And then he
2: broke a shoelace Alex And he only changed one shoe He can't change one shoe Like he literally only changed his left He put a brand new wheel on one side And then he's got a tire that's You know, been worn on the other Like, you can't walk that way. How are you going to play a competitive tennis?
1: He won one point after that. No, that was brutal. He was also—he had so many breakpoint chances early on in that second set, and it just felt like that was his moment. It just felt like if he could get the rally to shot five, shot six, that he had Berrettini, and then, you know, then the action got tight. And, you know, to the coaching point, I thought, team, you're up— and I think it's routinely a thing, and it always helps when you've got Federer, Djokovic, Nadal there talking to you. I don't care who you are, you're going to listen, but there was a conversation I would point to specifically on day one, and it was during that three-set match that Rublev ends up coming back against Diego Schwartzman, where Casper Ruud, and just, this is why I, I want to talk about the format too, why it just works, because there are things that didn't work for this Laver Cup, we can get to them, but what always works is just it does seem to bring out the best of the environment. And you get to see Casper uh, Ruud go to Andre Rublev and I'm paraphrasing but just be like Andre I am telling you play down the center of the court against Diego if you play down the center and you're patient you will get the short ball the moment you go into the outer thirds you start playing his game center of the court and Rublev was like okay okay I'll implement that and it freaking worked and it's just like Again, if there's ever a testament to why coaching should be a thing in tennis, if there's ever a testament to why this event is so fun, it's seeing that interaction and then getting to watch it manifest itself. It's just like all of the best minds in tennis, all in one location. You bring in the team atmosphere and the team component to the event as well. The quality of tennis was phenomenal.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. And I love those interactions where players are coaching one another and giving tips to one another. Um, man, Casper Ruud. I mean, like he played great. He put them mm-hmm. right out of the gates in the lead. I was surprised they didn't, you know, use him again. I know he's the lowest ranked guy on the roster, but he's legit. I'm excited mm-hmm. about Casper Ruud. I think I think he's he's got a, a really bright future on every surface. But um, but that is the stuff that stands out. I mean, two years ago when it was Roger and Rafa, uh, you know, talking to Sasha Zverev before that final oh, match and being like no more negative face, you know, I'll never forget that. It was amazing. And by the way, Roger was coaching from, from the stands in this one. Like he was, he was all about team Europe, which he should be. I mean, that's his, that's his squad. So um, I, I, I I thought it was great. I I mean, it was unfortunate the team world didn't, you know, get some of those matches, but uh, that, like you said, the, the the level of tennis was super high. I think all the, the players were, really engaged I thought the fans were awesome you know they were just yearning even when Kyrios played and had those five or six break points they were just yearning to explode when if he had gotten one of those breaks Um, and you know unfortunately couldn't do it but uh, I I thought I thought to have 20,000 folks in Boston when the Yankees are playing the Red Sox at the same time is an awesome testament to the sport of tennis.
1: Absolutely. And I'm I'm curious because the double seems to resonate during Laver Cup in a way it just doesn't during the regular, you know, year in, year out grind of the professional tour. And I'm curious from your opinion, I think the obvious answer is probably yes, but is it just a symptom of we have the best players playing doubles and people are inherently more interested? Or is it you know, a symptom of the team event, of the doubles just feel like – I I just – I because doubles, in my opinion, is always this exciting. And yet it just seems to capture fans' imaginations and it just seems to engage more during this Laver Cup. And I'm just curious how we can translate that energy towards the week-in, week-out grind that's happening and this excellence that's happening every week in doubles.
2: Yeah, I know. I think it is. I think when you've got the best players in the world teaming up, and they normally don't play doubles, that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. To me, watching pitchers hit, right? So growing mm-hmm. up as an American League fan with the Baltimore Orioles, uh, when if it you know the All Star Game was at a National League Park, and one of our pitchers would hit, or if you know you made the World Series, and then the pitcher had to, it's just something cool that you don't normally see. You don't normally see Daniil Medvedev play doubles. You don't Mm -hmm. um, normally see a lot of these teams coming together, Rublev uh, and uh, Mm Sitsipas. So, you know, and and by the way, the level is better. So Mm -hmm. in my opinion, when you have top 10 players playing doubles – that that doubles is better like they're just better tennis players now don't get me wrong i think the week-to-week doubles is fantastic um and really exciting but yeah i mean when you have superstars playing doubles it's just going to be there's going to be more excitement
1: than not mm-hmm. no it's fair to say i also just think again it's part of the team atmosphere and you saw it last year at world uh, world team tennis certainly from a fan perspective i know People weren't really getting at the Greenbrier, but just the excitement that caused to have that sort of tennis in our lives. And every time you see a Laver Cup or an Engage Davis Cup, Hopman Cup back in the day, there is something about these team events that not only the fans seem to gravitate towards, but the players as well. You could just tell all of those third sets, the enthusiasm and the energy these players were bringing point in, point out from start to finish – You don't see that in your, you know, second set of a Grand Slam first round match where it's just like, oh, I still got an hour left in this match, whatever. I can throw this point away. You can't do that at Laver Cup. And I'm curious if it's a product of the third set breakers, if it's a product of the team scoring and again, capturing that energy week in, week out because... Look, I mean I know I hang in some radical circles. I've had serious coaches in the tennis circle like approach me and be like, Alex, what they really need to do if tennis is smart long term, they'll switch everything and they'll create franchises and they'll make tennis a team sport moving forward and you'll keep the grand slams but you get rid of everything else and you make team tennis the format for the sport moving forward. And I'm not there yet, you know. Wait, but why? why? Why does tennis need to do that? What's... Because you capture the team environment. You look at the crowd engagement at the college level, and just the way the passion of fans and the way they, you know, again, okay. so, there may so not be t- the biggest you're telling fans me between...
2: that you want to see. Um, I don't know, three to five thousand people getting excited more than twenty-three thousand that are already there getting excited. At the U.S. Open, or seventeen thousand at Indian Wells, or like you're getting packed stadiums with people getting excited the way it is now. I, don't, I just don't understand well, why.
1: Well, first of all, I will be the proxy for them. I'm not saying this. This is the radical wing. I'm saying I hang out with these people because I like hearing these ideas because I'm like, whoa, I didn't think of that. That's okay. brilliant. That makes and, no
2: sense to me. But OK. Well,
1: so again – well, good. This is why you're here. It's good. Friends should disagree every so often. It keeps a friendship spicy. Um, but why I think the appeal for that is just – a you bring off the idea of an off season you can incorporate that sort of interest in tennis which it doesn't have the idea of free agency the idea of trading and incorporating different rosters and just again figuring out your lineups whether it's men's singles women's singles men's doubles women's doubles mixed doubles and just again but, but
2: we, we, we have that in world team tennis that's what world team tennis is
1: but is it enough of it would tennis be more (laughs) so so says you (laughs) says you but i'm saying is that would it appeal commercially more broadly if you turned it into a team sport so you say no
2: no. absolutely not
1: just an unequivocal no no okay i i can't say i I agree this
2: is extremely successful like we literally the, the top 10 earning women on the planet athletes are tennis players
1: that's true, but that's also a byproduct of perhaps a lack of commitment to women's athletics in other sports as much as it is a testament to tennis. Like I don't think that that in itself is just a ca- like the case to make for why the team atmosphere wouldn't work. And again, it's about the financial stability and solvency and just realistic nature of 250 events, challenger events. There's a, there's events, a commitment
2: t- to, to women's soccer. There's a commitment to women's basketball. They just haven't made as much money. It's fair. It's it's because, Alex, it's because it's a team sport. When you're an individual sport, you become a a brand and a a global icon. You can't do that as much when you're a part of a team.
1: So would you sacrifice – my question that – would you sacrifice any portions of the individual season if it meant we got – an extended world team tennis or perhaps more events like a Laver Cup or a Graf Cup, you know Steffi Graf Cup if you want to do the women's equivalent or you bring back Hopman Cup and you just make it a little less rigorous in terms of the individual nature but you create a portion in the season for fans to enjoy team events I guess what I'm really asking is there a place for more team events like Laver Cup in the ecosystem because it gets criticized as a glorified exhibition but you can't watch that event and tell me that these players weren't engaged as if it was any other sanctioned points-earning match.
2: Right. Well, it is an exhibition. And yes. uh, so, it, so. I mean, Davis Cup, uh, Billie Jean King Cup, Hotman Cup, which is coming back, by the way. Yeah. Uh, we just added ATP Cup. So I would argue the opposite way that we're getting too many of these events, not Interesting. we need more. So, yeah, it's just it's too much of this. I love it all. But, like, to add more, absolutely not. And, so then, why... I mean, and World Team Tennis is a totally different thing, which, once again, is an XO and doesn't count for anything and is a best-of-five set. So, I mean, it's completely different tennis.
1: So you don't think tennis needs a free agency, a trade period, anything no, like that to increase no, interest? No. That's too That's... domestic thinking. So does golf need that? No. No,
2: absolutely Does not. Does golf
1: need it? I don't know. Does golf? I mean, okay, it's, I can't. I can't. The beauty say, of
2: tennis is that it's an individual sport. The beauty of golf is that it's an individual sport. Boxing, individual sport. But we just talked sport. about how
1: Ryder Cup, Presidents Cup, these yes, sorts of the, events are so special. Those events are special,
2: Alex. Just like Thanksgiving yeah, dinner is special. Really, if yeah. you had turkey and stuffing every night, you wouldn't care. You know, on the fourth Thursday of November, about Thanksgiving dinner anymore.
1: They're yeah. special because they're unique. You know what makes me upset is I forgot in my intro to say he also makes a mean sous-vide, um, and I really <laughs> wanted to work that in, and I completely you've, forgot.
2: You got me so fired up today.
1: Yeah, good, good. This is a good conversation. Good, and I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know uh, you got to rock and roll soon, but it is – and for the record, I'm playing devil's advocate a bit here because I agree with you. There needs to be a. I well huh. – let me let me come. I, I don't like when people do this. Let me come in and play the middle ground here. I'm going to win both parties. That's not what I'm saying. I, I agree. And I think you're saying this as well, that there is a middle ground where there's a place in the ecosystem for both at the same time. You're absolutely right. Watching Emma Raducanu's run through New York, watching the way not just tennis fans, but sports fans globally were captivated. Even non-sporting fans were captivated by her run and the run of Layla Fernandez as well. The way, I mean, you saw the star-studded celebrity final. The only person missing on site in that final was Steve Weissman at the 2021 U.S. Open final. He was preach, the, Alex, preach. that was the only camera shot. I was like, all right, I get Gail King. I get Derek Rose. I get Kim Noah. I get the Pitts, I get the, the, Coopers of the world where's my Weissman shot and, and about I it. yeah no exactly <laughs> I realized though uh, you were hosting Jeopardy. You were filling in for Mike Richards. They needed you I, I was hosting
2: Tennis Channel live at the U.S. Open. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. So thanks for tuning in. <laughs> no, of course I was. I'm kidding. I'm just saying I didn't get the celebrity shot. Is
0: you, yeah, you, no, uh, you you
1: at Indian Wells. I assume. Well, yes, that's of course Indian Wells, Steve Weisman backyard. I'm I'm ready. But um, we're, we're there
2: every day, it's on Tennis Channel for the first time ever, Alex. First ball through the singles final. So
1: I'm I I'm excited for that. Are you going to call matches in this one or are you going to work the desk?
2: Uh, I haven't gotten my exact assignment yet so I can't Ooh. give you that specific answer. But Interessante. Uh, but, but I'll be there in some capacity the entire tournament. Were you in Cincinnati?
1: You weren't, right? It was... It was um, no. It was Prakash – I'm forgetting. Either way, the point Tiny, being – Danny
2: and Prakash yeah, and it was then Danny Ted, and, Ted and Chanda were there as well. Gotcha, oh, yeah.
1: gotcha. Interesting. But no, I, I'm excited to see that. But all this is to say I do think – Every time you watch the Laver Cup, it's a reminder that the team format does work. And I do think ATP Cup, it's so early in the season, but it is an exciting way to just get your feet wet. You see some high-quality matches. And the other thing from a tennis standpoint, yes, glorified exhibition. That's fine. That is what Laver Cup is. But... It's also a sample size for fans to get to see these guys go head-to-head. I mean, you know, Kyrgios Tsitsipas, Rublev Schwartzman, Rude Opelka, and Berrettini Oshir Aliassime, you know, these are matchups that are going to define the next five years of ATP tennis, and I do think there's just a place for it. Like, I I guess that's—I guess my final thoughts when you look at this in the ecosystem, because it does— Managed to piss people off I mean it doesn't help when Lever Cup is blocking every Twitter account that mentions the fact you know Alex Vera faces uh, accusations of physical and emotional abuse of a former girlfriend and obviously read Ben's pieces racket magazine slate.com to learn more about that. It's never good for tournaments to exercise that, never good to just use pettiness to operate your social media strategy but that aside the product labor Cup produces sold out crowds captivating tennis. I just there's a place for it like it it's so I do agree with you like th- it's going to continue, Steve yeah
2: no I mean like obviously it's it's amazing the players yeah. love it fans love it it's gonna be rocking at the o2 in London next year uh I can't I can't wait to cover it again i, I look forward to the labor Cup that's it, uh, one of my favorite events to cover I mean it's it's awesome uh, and it since 2017 it, it's not going anywhere. Um, You know, when you have the support of the top players in the world and and they want to be a part of this, that's, you know, that that's what matters. Um, And obviously they have the financial backing as well. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm proud. The Tennis Channel has has been the exclusive U.S. home of the Labor Cup since day one. And I hope we continue to forever. And, um, you know, I'm a huge Labor Cup fan.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was a really, really fun event. Now, of course, with that in mind, as you mentioned, Indian Wells on the horizon. Tennis Channel is going to be covering it first to last ball. That's what it is. First ball to last or for, I forget first, the phrase.
2: First ball to last ball. You could say that. You could say first ball through the singles finals. You could say <laughs> nah, every that's single – Every single point that you ever want to see, um, <laughs> exclusive home, uh, just turn on the Tennis Channel.
1: <laughs> I love it, of course. And that is where you'll be. I assume there will be you on NFL Network as well. You're rocking and rolling. All, again, for our listeners, when they want to find all things Steve Weissman, where are they turning?
2: You can, Well... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so it's, I don't even know what I'm doing. I mean, sometimes I was at yoga this morning, and um,
1: <laughs> I was gonna say the Java Juice on the local corner. That's where you can find Steve Weissman or whatever they're yes,
2: called. Yes, uh, or well, the Paradise Bowls. You know where I get my. I'm really looking forward to getting a Pataya bowl every morning at Indian Wells. They've got great coffee as well, and then I get sushi for lunch, and then hopefully I'll get to see my my pal Wolfgang at Spago. <laughs> and get some more Wiener schnitzel, and uh, it's just its a glorious time.
1: Uh, Well, all of that, and he still manages to gel his hair to perfection, folks. Uh, No, uh, Steve, obviously, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show. I appreciate you taking the time. Be safe, be healthy. Of course, again, send my love to your mother, and I'm sure we will talk to you again soon. <laughs> Thank you Alex I, I am
2: grateful to, to be on the show And uh, you know send my best To your entire mishpucha. <laughs> and uh, I hope to see you At some point I don't know if you're coming to Indian Wells But I, I, I hope to see you at some point in the, in the future And uh, you know we gotta, we gotta Get on the court and, and maybe I'll team up with Dalton And, uh, and take you down
1: I will tell you, the only person I am more confident that I would beat than Dalton again is I would beat you. I've never been more confident. What
2: was your score against Andy Katz? It was like 11 7. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. Let's do this now. I hope he hears this, Andy. Last six, I know you have to go. Strategic throwing. Am I going to beat Andy Katz 11-0, 11-1 in our first ground stroke game? No, because I know how to network, Steve. Like, what am I going to destroy him? It, the most, I think. You're telling thing- me right
2: now that you gave Andy Katz points.
1: Yes. <laughs> I, I, not since the Black Sox has someone thrown it that blatantly. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I I will say this. Yes. I don't know how else to say it. He goes, <laughs> yes. yeah, He look, he goes, I don't think I've ever been, he goes, oh, you're way better than I thought you would be. I want to be like, Andy, I played my entire life. I better be good at this freaking sport. My parents would have dumped thousands of dollars down the toilet if I wasn't. <laughs> so like, yeah, I'm solid, but no, I mean, I, mean, by the way,
2: I warmed up Nick Monroe for San Diego uh, on Sunday. So after we did TC live. Went to the courts in Hermosa Beach and and went through all the drills with uh, with Nick before he went out on the court yesterday.
1: I'm sure you can hang. Uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I uh, I look forward to it. I'm I'm calling a line judge already. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> no, again, Steve, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, and I'm sure we'll chat with you again soon.
2: Anytime. All the best. Stay safe. Stay healthy.
1: Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Tennis Channel Steve Weisman. A huge thank you to him, as always, for taking the time to chat. We always have a good time when Steve joins the show. Hopefully we will get the chance to do one of these in person someday. I'll get the chance to give him the beatdown. He oh so justifiably deserves on the tennis court. But, of course, look, Laver Cup in the rearview mirror. That's not the only action we saw last weekend. Titles from Conteve, from Hercotts, from Parisa's Diaz, from uh, Sunwoo Kwon as well. We recapped all of the action talk challengers, ITFs as well. On today's mini break podcast, we're also going to set the scene for this week's action. We've got the action in San Diego, Sophia, uh, for the men. I know the women have a couple of events as well, some challengers on the calendar. Going to talk about that in a two-part mini break Tuesday. If you have missed or aren't listening to those shows, you can find them wherever you listen to your podcast. Of course, we were so excited to roll out our next two members of Project Elite here at Crack Rack. It's our chance to offer for NIL-related opportunities to college tennis athletes across the uh, globe. If you haven't heard our conversations with, across the country, excuse me, if you haven't heard our conversation with Baylor's Cole Gromley and Jacob Brum, you can find them now on the Cracked Interviews podcast. You can find the From the Presser segments from my time on Press Row last week in France. And of course, like, rate, subscribe, review. Share all of our podcasts with your friends if you do leave that review. It is particularly helpful for us with our sponsors, with the metrics. So uh, always appreciate those who do that of course if you need the more immediate update twitter instagram facebook youtube we're at crack rackets you want to message me directly i am at great shot pod a shout out as always to our super producers max leader and daniel westoff for the of an ending job they do day in day out with all of that said for our fantastic guest steve voice been super producers Fliegner and westoff and all of us here at both crack rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you know what we say hey great shot and we'll see you all tomorrow thanks everyone